1: now the WBBM noon business
2: hour it's 1203 Tuesday afternoon October 11th good afternoon thanks for joining us I'm Rob Hart wearable technologies such as Fitbits and the Apple watch now reaching an older demographic we'll cover that in our next segment but right now the International Monetary Fund has released its forecast for global economic growth while the fed releases its latest survey of consumers on expectations for inflation we're joined by Bob bruska chief economist fact that opinion economics based in new york bob thanks for joining us once again today earlier in the uh, uh, just a couple of hours ago we talked about this uh, imf report about uh, expectations for 2023 uh, predicting that global growth will slow to 2.7 percent next year Uh, that is down from their estimate of 3.2 percent from this year and uh, way down from the six percent seen last year at the very least, I mean, there's still global growth going on. It's merely slowing down, so why does the i m f say that the worst is yet to come? That's a very uh, pessimistic read on things
3: oh well, of course, you're only talking about uh this this one year step down in growth, and actually compared to a year ago is not quite fair because we we're um we we're coming out of the covid period so the year before that we had very weak growth, so you know it's 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 a perturbance you know you have a very weak Year, then you have a very strong year, and then you, in some ways, you head back to trend. And how do you do that? And you know, they previously thought it was going to be a stronger return to trend, and now with all of these problems, uh, they think it's going to be less strong. And in fact, now that they look at how problems are developing, they think it's even going to be less strong than uh, than they thought before. And they think there are big risks ahead. And I think that if you look at the world economy, you look at inflation. You look at the war in Ukraine. Uh, you look at what's going on. You look at, geez, just look at the political impasse in the United States. Goodness, you probably have friends you can't even talk to because of your political differences. Uh, it's difficult out there.
2: Well, before we talk about uh, some of the other uh, data points that came out today, let's imagine Earth 2, a world in which there was no COVID and the economic growth we saw at the end of 2019 continued unabated. Uh, will we be encountering
3: a recession either way? Well, no, Donald Trump would still be president. I mean, that's the most important thing to remember. Uh, If this hadn't happened, you would still have Donald Trump as president. You'd still be seeing his policies. Uh, The economy was growing well. Uh, U.S. foreign policy would be completely different. You wouldn't have all these initiatives by progressives. You'd have the Republicans much more in control. Uh, It would be a totally different world than the one we live in now. Uh, It's almost unimaginable. And, you know, the Democrats right now are sort of chafing under the, the the pressure of inflation and thinking, oh, what well, bad luck we have. Inflation is rising. We have midterm elections. Well, their luck is nothing compared to Donald Trump, who had this great growing economy that was swiped out from underneath him by COVID and then bludgeoned by these policies by the CDC, which in retrospect didn't really do anything, and we're not very scientifically based. So, um, you know, we have uh, a, a lot of things we have to deal with, and this experiment you want to run is really almost impossible because it's uh, it's so striking. And then that takes
2: us to the uh, the small business uh, index that uh, just very briefly, uh, you talked about inflation, but uh, America's uh, small business owners, uh, their optimism index rising just a touch. Uh, they say inflation is still a problem. And uh, the Fed Consumer uh, Survey says inflation expectations are easing. So is this a sign that Americans are just starting to live with this, whatever it is?
3: Well, I don't know. And I kind of hope not, because if they're living with it, that means an inflation expectation are becoming entrenched. And that's just what the Fed does not want to have happen. And this is why some people on the Fed want to raise rates more quickly. Others want to put it off uh, because they don't want to destabilize the economy. Some don't want to raise rates because of the coming elections, and they don't want to harm you know, Democrats coming into November. There are all kinds of things. But in this survey, business is called inflation public enemy number one. This was the thing they worried about the most and next were business costs, and next were the skills of the, of the people that they were able to hire. So inflation and labor availability continue to be huge problems for this economy. Bob
2: Bruska, Chief Economist, Fact and Opinion Economics, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up, more older consumers are embracing wearable technology.
1: The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
2: Older adults are becoming more comfortable with wearable technology. Let's check in with Shelly Palmer, the CEO of the Palmer Group and founder of the Med Academy. Found him, find him, Follow him on Twitter. You can find him, too, at Shelly Palmer. You can also find him in New York, and you can find him right here on the Noon Business Hour. Shelly, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Uh, a conversation that I've had with a number of people, regardless of age, about the latest and greatest offering from Apple. It's not the camera on the iPhone 14. It's not some brand new technological breakthrough but it's the thing on the iPhone and the iWatch the software update that tells you when you've fallen and uh, that just goes to show that that's where people's heads are at right now with this new piece of technology did they anticipate that this was going to be the game changer that people are discussing
4: I think so Uh, for this particular demographic falling is really a big deal and this um particular technology has been in the apple watch for a while what's totally new is crash detection now if you're wearing an apple watch series 7 you uh and you and you're in a, an automobile accident or you're in a, a really bad fall or a really you know some kind of crash the phone can alert the authorities and send an emergency signal for you uh, the funny part about that is you can be on a roller coaster and it'll also send a nine one one call, so they have to like maybe work on that a little bit. But for the most part, these are the two technologies that give agency to seniors who otherwise might not be able to have agency. You know, you take um, the voice controllers like Amazon Voice Services Alexa and uh, Google Home and Siri. And you realize that, sure, for an able-bodied person or someone who's totally secure in their, in their agency and their ability to walk around and do stuff, um, it may be less necessary or sort of a luxury or maybe even just a parlor trick. But when you start seeing um, Alexa voice services, connected showers and toilets that flush, you may not need to flush a toilet with your Alexa. But guess what? If you were infirm or you would had surgery or your back was out, and you could get the shower to go to the right temperature by just talking to it, turn music on and off or turn the TV or lights on and off. This gives an awful lot of independence and agency to people who otherwise would need home health care. And considering what's going on with staffing and employment and just the cost of everything, this has really become quite a thing. I think Apple is right in the middle of it, but so are all of the other assisted living tools that we have, the technologies that that assist seniors in just maintaining dignity and
2: agency. You talk about the, uh, the, the iWatch calling 911 on a roller coaster that actually happened uh, at an amusement park near Cincinnati. Um, mm-hmm. Very quickly, though, if you are, it's we're coming up on holiday gift-giving season, and uh, if you do have uh, parents who are older and uh, do live by themselves, either alone or, or uh, just as a couple, uh, and you're concerned about things, but, you know that falling and then nobody realizing it, uh, is this a present you should get?
4: I think that all the monitoring technologies have to be looked at together. Certainly, the, um, the Apple Watch makes sense. And so, by the way, does Alexa voice services. So do some of the telehealth tools. Uh, these come in various levels, from really consumer to including a healthcare professional. And it, it is a wonderful gift because it's a gift of dignity and agency. And I can't think of a greater gift for a senior citizen.
2: Shelly Palmer, CEO of the Palmer Group and founder of the Met Academy. Follow him on Twitter at Shelly Palmer, based in New York. Thank you for joining us this afternoon. Coming up next, the possibility of a national rail strike is resurfacing.
0: Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk experts expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional
2: terms apply.
1: Your daily transaction for useful information. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
2: The third largest rail workers union in the country has rejected its deal with the freight railroads, renewing the possibility of a national strike. Let's get the latest now from Joe Schwederman, professor of public services and director of the Chadwick Institute at DePaul University. Joe, thanks for joining us today. The Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Employees Division Union, opposing this five-year contract that was brokered uh, with help from the Biden administration, uh, voted down by 56% of its membership. And the Brotherhood of Maintenance of Way Employees, uh, this is the uh, group of workers that actually does the uh, work on the tracks, maintains the tracks upon which the trains run. Uh, Joe, what does this mean about the uh, progress of ratifying all these deals, and are we back to uh, where we were in September?
5: well we 're a little better off than a few weeks ago, but it is uh, disheartening to see that we 're going to probably be on the ledge again about a supply chain crisis you know if a, if a strike were to occur. I think uh, what we see here is the employees you know appear pretty satisfied with the uh, pay increases that were provided, but the uh, federal government suggested they negotiate individually with the railroads about Quality of life issues, sick time, uh, strictness of when you miss work, what the penalties are, and that they 're not satisfied with, and so their uh, this third largest union uh, is is got basically a month to iron this out with their uh, you know, with with the railroads. And they're pretty agitated still, so that's not a real good sign.
2: Now, one union that said no right out of the gate a month ago, the International Association of Machinists and Aerospace Workers, they nixed the deal immediately. However, they quietly renegotiated a new contract. So does that possibility exist with this union?
5: I think it does. I think a month is a long time, and and we do know that uh, they got close last time with with the pay uh, uh, victory for the for the labor groups, and you know here I think there's largely a real desire to flex their muscle because they were through such difficult times during the pandemic. You know, working when everybody else was uh, uh, sheltering in place. In many cases, of course, the unpredictability of their jobs and layoffs. So I think there's a lot of uh, tension in the air but at the end of the day there they are pretty close here but we're again in a supply chain crunch economy slowing down a bit so it may ease the pressure a bit, but it's uh, it's going to go down to the wire here.
2: A number of unions have already ratified their agreements, which also means that uh, the holdouts have less leverage than they did a month ago because leading up to that September uh, uh, contract talk deadline, uh, if one union said no, all 12 rail unions were going to walk away. But with half of them in and half of them out, uh, this particular union's leverage seems to have uh, disappeared.
5: I think that's right. I think uh, the spirit of, of cooperation between unions could only be stretched so far that the other groups approve the contract and they, you know, negotiated in good faith with the uh, the federal uh, labor board. And so one union holding out, in effect, uh, uh, for their own needs, causing everybody else lots of lost pay if there was a strike, that's going to really cause some, uh, I think, internal discord among the labor groups. Uh, uh because we're really into the, into the small things here uh that said you know the shortages of a locomotive workers still even today so everybody is feeling it in the rail industry, but, but I do think things are, uh, have gotten better in the last few months, and unfortunately it's because the economy has slowed down just a bit.
2: Joe Schwederman, professor of public services and director of the Chadwick Institute at DePaul University, based in Chicago. Joe, thanks for joining us this afternoon. Still ahead in Travel Tuesday, a guide to the best locations for fall colors in Illinois. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues. Good afternoon, I'm Rob Hart. These are the top stories on News Radio WBBM, the Relationship between the U.S. and Saudi Arabia could be at a crossroads. Rising energy prices in the U.K. caused the government to take action. It's Travel Tuesday. Fall is here. We'll get help in discovering the best colors of the season across Illinois. General Motors starting a new unit to help electrical vehicle owners better manage their energy. WBBM business. The markets are mixed. The Dow up 331 points. The NASDAQ is down 2. The S&P 500 up 14. 68 degrees right now in Chicago. Chicago under partly sunny skies, topping out at 72, but temperatures will fall this afternoon as rain and thunder showers arrive. The details in the forecaster Mac weather coming up in just a couple of minutes. Topping our news at the half hour, the U.S. is reevaluating its relationship with Saudi Arabia after OPEC announced last week it would cut oil production. The story from CBS News correspondent Cami McCormick.
3: Senate Foreign Relations Committee Chairman Bob Menendez has called for freezing all U.S. cooperation with Saudi Arabia. That would include arms sales and security cooperation. He says he will not green light any cooperation with the kingdom until it reassesses its position on Ukraine. The oil cartel's cuts in production could keep oil prices high, and that would help Russian President Vladimir Putin continue his war on Ukraine.
2: President Biden is reportedly willing to work with Congress on the issue. As temperatures drop in the UK, heating bills are shooting up. Winter
0: is coming, and it's going to be ugly and cold. Fearing the effect on voters' temperaments, the British government's capped skyrocketing energy prices for two years. But that just means many people's heating bills will simply double instead of triple compared with last year. And the German government's announced it's going to pay everyone's gas bills in the month of December. Of course, as with all such government handouts, it's the taxpayer who will ultimately have to shell out eventually. Vicky Barker, CBS News, London. It's
2: 1232 as the noon business hour continues, presented by the Village of Bedford Park. Markets are in plus territory. We're joined by Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director of Clearstead Advisors based in New York. Jim, thanks for joining us today. I know the NASDAQ has just dipped into negative territory, but what's uh, really driving the Dow today to this 300-point uh, gain?
6: You know, the answer is nothing. Uh, you get these uh, computer-driven rallies within the context of bear markets frequently. Think back to last Monday and Tuesday where you had uh, 5% gains in the market over two days, only to then turn around and make uh, uh, make new lows. So we're on the on the verge and cusp of some very important information the rest of this week. You've got the producer price index tomorrow morning, uh, you've got the Fed Minutes tomorrow afternoon. You've got the CPI on Thursday. You have retail sales and consumer expectations on Friday. And then, of course, earnings reports uh, begin at the end of this week. So uh, we're going to have a whole lot to digest and unpack. And I would not take today uh, seriously to say other than it's technical from a a severely oversold market.
2: And then on the Nasdaq side of the equation, uh, that's been having a hard time picking a lane uh, this week. But there has been a great deal of stress in in the tech sector.
6: Yeah, and that eventually, for for a couple of reasons. Number one, the bond market's been under pressure. Rates have been going up, and that uh, uh, lowers the discount rate that people are willing to pay for uh, uh, far out earnings growth. Plus, you have uh, the administration getting tougher on um, uh, uh, the, the chip sector relative to China, and also there are some signs that chip demand might be slowing down. So, the Nasdaq is doing has, has had a a, a a tough quarter, uh, a third quarter, a tough year, uh, and and uh, uh, is lagging. But that also means when it, when we do turn around, uh, which is only a matter of time, then the Nasdaq should have the uh, the most legs in the rally
2: yeah uh, bond yields are back up once again the bond markets were closed yesterday and the first thought i had this morning when i saw that they'd shot back up again was that uh, bond traders are working out 24 additional hours of angst
6: yeah and you know the fed the fed is relentless in saying that they're going to to 450 or maybe 475 on interest rates they're simply not going to blink unless something breaks in the process uh, you saw something break in, uh, uh, come close to breaking in London, uh, and there had to be some give back on both the fiscal and monetary side. You never know if something's going to break until after the fact. You don't know where the weaknesses in the financial plumbing are until after the fact. But if we don't have a break in the financial plumbing, the Fed's going to 450, 475, and they're going to stay there for a year. And assess what it does to the economy. And you can't make progress in the su- sustained progress in the markets till you know where the Fed's going to stop, whether it broke anything in the process, and what its effect on 2023 corporate profits are.
2: The uh, amount of financial news coming out these days is it's enough to make a cup of coffee nervous, Jim. Uh, between uh, the Fed constantly saying uh, we're raising interest rates, to uh, uh, the IMF saying the worst is yet to come on just a, a prediction of a global slowdown. Down, not a contraction, just a slowdown. How do you keep your head when you hear all of this stuff every day?
6: Well, what you do know is that if you're, if you're a time investor and thinking over multi-years, all this bad news and confusion and dismay at some point is going to be reflected in the price of stocks, and you're going to get a, a significant and sudden bounce. And if you're not there for that, you won't be able to time it. Uh, you're going to miss a lot of the total return over the next couple of years. So what I would say to investors is keep your eye on the long ball, don't try to pick the bottom, rebalance, buy into weakness, stick with quality, and don't let the emotion get to you.
2: Jim Awad, Senior Managing Director, Clearstead Advisors, based in New York. Thanks for joining us today. Coming up next in Travel Tuesday, top destinations for fall colors in Illinois. It's
1: investing 60 minutes each weekday for planning for the future. The WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
2: It's Travel Tuesday, and this afternoon our focus is on fall colors in Illinois. We welcome Sylvia Garcia, Director of the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity, based in Chicago, Sylvia. Thanks for joining us today. I was uh, in Wheaton over the weekend at a uh, nature preserve there for family photos. And I could tell you firsthand that the uh, fall color is really popping in the western suburbs. If you want to pack up your family and go for a drive somewhere in Illinois to really uh, take in all those fall colors, uh, what's what are some of the best places to go?
7: Thanks, Rob. Thanks for having me today. There are so many great places to see leaves uh, in Illinois. And as you said, it's been a great great fall season here. Uh, we've got so much going on. Right down the road, uh, in uh, away from Chicago, you've got Starved Rock State Park, which is one of my favorites. You can do a little hiking, see the leaves, see the water, depending on when you go, maybe even some bald eagles. Uh, it's just a great place to get away. It's about an hour and a half away from Chicago. Uh, and they also have a great back deck where you can look out off of the out off of the river uh, seeing those fall leaves. So it's just a great place to escape uh, Chicago.
2: And uh, different uh, weeks, I mean different areas of Illinois are at their kind of peak uh, vibrancy. And right now in northern Illinois uh, we're kind of in prime time for uh, for fall colors. So, it, and, and that covers the entire state, the northern half uh, portion of the state, uh, all the way out to the Mississippi River. So if you wanted to go to Galena and uh, really take in the scenery along Route 20 heading into town, uh, this would be the time to do it
7: definitely definitely and galena's historic main street has so many boutiques and eateries uh they've got some great hiking opportunities and if you want to get out and have a little bit of an adventure there's some zip lining and canopy tours out that way as well we're actually really excited about our enjoyillinois.com website we've unveiled a fall leaf tracker Uh, where you can actually scroll and see when those peak times are across the state. So as you mentioned, right now the north is popping. You can see when it's going to be popping in central and southern Illinois as well, so you can keep fall going as long as possible.
2: Yeah, middle October is central Illinois, and then southern Illinois is the last week of October. And do yourself a favor, too. uh, If you got the time, uh, drive down 57, uh, down towards Cairo, and uh, go through the peaks and valleys, and uh, as the fall colors are popping, it's, it's an amazing sight in the summertime. I can't even believe what it looks like in the fall
7: definitely you've got Garden of the Gods and Giant City uh, State Park where you've got great rock formations but those leaves just really add a whole other element it's beautiful it's a great place to visit Uh, I really recommend Giant City State Park Uh, they've got a great lodge that has great snacks and food there as well uh, and just a great opportunity to have that, enjoy that sweater weather, get outside and enjoy nature a bit, too.
2: And then very quickly, Sylvia, as far as, you know, everyone thinks about uh, driving to Michigan, going to Wisconsin to check out those fall colors. Um, you know, what kind of job or what, how much work does your department do to really uh, convince people or sell people on the idea of uh, taking that uh, fall colors drive inside the state versus going someplace else?
7: Sure. Yeah, that's why we've got our Enjoy Illinois website uh, at enjoyillinois.com. You can see over 60 different itineraries in the state of Illinois and really see that Illinois has something for everything. Everyone be if it's a family If it's a couple going for a romantic getaway or a group of friends looking to escape the city, Illinois has so much to offer. And we've got all of that at our Enjoy Illinois website.
2: Sylvia Garcia, director of the Illinois Department of Commerce and Economic Opportunity based in Chicago. Thanks for joining us today. Join us at this time tomorrow for Personal Finance Wednesday. And still to come, GM expanding its footprint in electric chargers and energy storage. Discussing the news affecting your money. The
1: WBBM Noon Business Hour continues.
2: GM is launching a new business that... That's designed to connect homes and businesses with electric vehicle chargers and help consumers with energy storage. We're joined by Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Paul, thanks for joining us today. When you get right down to it, uh, electric cars are essentially computers and batteries on wheels. So it stands to follow that GM and other EV makers would uh, try to find other ways to uh, leverage that technology.
8: That's exactly right. And, and I think the sort of overall principle to think about here when you think about what GM is calling energy management um, is that just to remember, you know, those who didn't take much physics like I didn't, but I do remember this. Electricity basically flows two ways on one wire. And so what GM is doing and Ford with its F-150 Lightning and others, Tesla certainly has an entire business springing up out of this idea, that as you draw energy into a battery, in this case for an electric car, for example, you obviously have a ton of power stored. Well, it doesn't have to stay there. And if you're not going to use the vehicle, for example, your, your Ford, that F-150 Lightning, can actually charge your house for about three days if you run the AC. Uh, in other words, you could literally plug the, the lightning into the into the house and provide power g m energy is exactly the same idea. They want to manage. Your energy consumption for you, or help you do that, and there's a huge business awaiting it.
2: Now, is this uh, is this a, a potentially? I mean, it sounds like it's a, a an, an uh, unheralded or unanticipated benefit of the uh, kind of mass rush to adopt electric vehicles. I mean, do people think this was possible when uh, the first uh, electric vehicles were rolling off the assembly line?
8: Not at all. First, first of all, just to put it in perspective, the first uh, electric vehicles rolling off the assembly line rolled off in 1893, um, and it was a French guy who did it. So it's been, a, if, that, if you want to call that an assembly line, but the point is you're absolutely right. Nobody anticipated this kind of scope, partly because nobody anticipated the speed at which these batteries have become really, really efficient, and it's been really a lot less expensive to make them. So in a nutshell power flowing in and out you put up solar panels now you don't have to just store pardon me, just charge your car when the sun is out you could store it in a battery and GM energy is trying to make money off that Ford and its lightning is the idea of, by the way, not just all electric cars being the issue, but also the unreliability of power. We saw the terrible hurricane go through Florida, and people need battery and power backup right now. So those who can store that power are in much better shape. That's the, that's the market that GM, Ford, and others in Tesla are trying to serve.
2: Paul Hockman, president of Humongous Media and former tech editor for the Today Show, based in Cambridge, Massachusetts. Thanks for joining us this afternoon. If you missed any part of today's new- Business Hour. We'll have the replay podcast uh, available shortly at WBBMNewsRadio.com and the Odyssey app.
1: T-Mobile has invested billions
8: to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local
1: T-Mobile store today.